0: SFM
1: Supported by Highbury College.
0: We are passionately Pompey. We begin to look forward, work together to create a Portsmouth football club that we can all be proud to be associated with. Pure, unadulterated Pompey. It's a massive club. It's a massive opportunity for me. I know this atmosphere is special. I can't wait
1: to see it for full house and it rocking. Action and reaction. This is a huge football club. We're here to be hopefully successful. The infrastructure is changing. So really we want to start pushing
0: forward and making Portsmouth a real force.
2: Giving Pompey fans the Voice. It's a club with a rich tradition, a rich heritage, but one that has an excellent relationship with its supporters.
1: This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out, that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate, is
3: Portsmouth. Pompey's love affair with the EFL Trophy continues.
1: The delivery comes to the near post Not great Loose in the six yard box Hurst still trying to get there And Hurst has scored In stoppage time And that might send Portsmouth through In the EFL Trophy George
3: Hurst with a Blues first in midweek, scoring his maiden goal to send Danny Cowley's side through to the knockout stages against all of the odds. Tonight we'll hear from the Leicester Loney, who talks about his chances in making the starting 11 at Wickham tomorrow.
4: The gaffer will pick the team on Saturday that he thinks is best for the game against Wickham, but I don't think my performance tonight has done me any harm in that regard, and to get the goal can only put me in good stead, and I've got to go in, rest up, train hard again, and, and you know, I can't rest on my laurels and expect that to get me in the team, because we have a good competitive squad
3: and the has some words of his own regarding the strikers performance on tuesday
0: I just thought George was excellent, led the line brilliantly from the first minute and you're thinking, come on, surely the ball's got to drop for him sooner or later and the football gods were smiling on him tonight and it was well deserving for him to find a third and all important goal.
3: That's all to come between now and seven with myself, Henry Deacon and Matt Drabble on hand to deliver tonight's instalment of the show. Thank you for joining us here on Express FM. A very good evening and welcome to the Football Hour. This is the football hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome to another edition of the Footblower here on Express FM, which I am pleased to say is once again brought to you in partnership with Stagecoach Across the South who have renewed their association with the show for the remainder of the season and we're delighted to have them back on board. Head on over to stagecoachbus.com for more information on fare, timetable and route updates and you can also locate your nearest stop too. Okay, on the way for you tonight, the three of us will be analysing Pompey's EFL Trophy success against the Crystal Palace under-21s. We'll assess the situation regarding players away on international duty and look ahead to tomorrow's league trip to Wickham Wanderers. And as Ever Blues fans, we are keen to hear what you've got to say this evening. With Joe Morrell away on international duty, who would you like to see slot in Pompey's midfield for tomorrow's trip to Wickham? Who deserves to be named up top in the starting 11 for the Blues this weekend? George Hurst or John Marquis? And what do you reckon the score will be at Adams Park? 81400 is the number to text starting your messages with the word express. You can email Pompey at expressfm.com, include at expressfm on Twitter, or find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Pompey live. We begin tonight's programme by rewinding back to Tuesday night. As Pompey welcomed the Crystal Palace under 21s to the South Coast for Papa John's Trophy action. The Blues sat rock bottom of their group heading into the final group stage fixture with the Young Eagles. Need needing a comfortable win and a victory for Sutton United against AFC Wimbledon at Gander Green Lane to stand any chance of progressing through to the knockout stages.
1: Lo and behold, they went and delivered. Everything we do is passionately pumping. A wonderful goal. Every second of the action is right here. 90 minutes of passionately pumpy commentary. He's gone!
5: This is... You want to
1: Pompey live. Good evening, good to have you with us as Portsmouth look to try and make it through to the knockout phases of the EFL Trophy for the fifth season running. They have it with Ahadmi, 30 yards out, left of centre, tries a 1-2 with Hurst, back to Ahademi, Ahademi into the penalty area, real chance for Ahademi, his shot blocked, Hurst, oh brilliant save! That's a wonderful stop from Owen Goodman denying George Hurst his first Pompey goal down to his right. Portsmouth win the ball on halfway and Jacobs comes forward, looks in field for Hurst, doesn't find Hurst, but Hurst might be able to find Ahademi on onside, rides one challenge, looks back into the area. Chance for Aziz, and he puts it into the back of the net with ease. Miguel Aziz, first goal for Portsmouth, passing it into the top corner after good work from Gassan Ahadmi and George Hurst. It's Portsmouth 1, Crystal Palace 0. And Portsmouth have it through Hadmi deep inside his own half. 1-2 there with Pace, and Pace loses it. And Rolls will drive into the penalty area, and he plays it to Street. and a great chance to equalise, and Street does that. But the flag is up and the goal will not stand and it's still Port with 1, Crystal Palace nil. Now Jacobs trying to drive forward. Thought about a first time ball to Hurst. Now finds Hurst. Only one the defender to beat. of the penalty area. Hurst shoots. Drags it just wide of the target. Again, good build up play and he can't quite get the finish right. Ball into the penalty area. Headed from his ease. into the net. And as though it's a Hadmi's got it. Gasa de Hadmi with his first Pompey goal be sending it back where it came from and there's no way Goodman's going to get anywhere near it. And Gassana me scores in front of the Fratton end. His first Portsmouth goal, it's Portsmouth 2, Crystal Palace nil. Jacobs whips this in towards the edge of the six-yard box. A header on goal is scooped off the line and no one there to turn it home. And it's the men in yellow who can get it clear. tank from distance hits the post. Fine, fine strike from Maliki Boatang. Closest Palace have come. Right corner, of the penalty area. He's only got to have-me to aim for. Hurst cuts back on his left foot. This is nice from Hurst to hit it with his left. Deflected! And just wide of the post and a corner kick. It was written in the stars, or so it seemed. Still 2-0. Can Pompey find a way through with this set-piece? In the delivery comes to the near post. Not great. Loose in the six-yard box. Hurst still trying to get there. And time and that might send Portsmouth through in the EFL Trophy he's been pushing and pushing and George Hurst is on target for Portsmouth Pompey 3 Crystal Palace nil, and that is it, that's the final whistle here at Bratton Park and Pompey have won by 3 goals to nil and that may well be enough to send them through to the second round of the EFL Trophy Every second of the action is right here. This is 93.7 Express FM. Pompey live.
3: The highlights there from Tuesday night as Pompey dispatched the Crystal Palace under-21s by three goals to nil at Fratton Park. Let's take a look at some of the other results from the midweek action in the EFL Trophy. There's plenty to get through. We're not going to read all of them, but we'll read out some of the uh, notable and more interesting ones. Uh, Exeter City on Wednesday night, they played out a 5-3 victory over Bristol Rovers at St James's Park. Uh, Crew Alexandra, they beat uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers under-21s by three goals to nil. Leighton Orient, they top their group with a 1-0 win over Charlton. Port Vale in the northern section, they beat Liverpool under-21s by five goals to nil. Sheffield Wednesday defeating Pompey's second round FA Cup opponents, Harrogate Town by four goals to nil. And elsewhere uh, in Pompey's group, Sutton United, they were 1-0 victors over AFC Wimbledon. Pompey with a 3-0 victory. That was exactly the kind of scenario they would be hoping for in order to progress to the knockout stages. Against all of the odds before kickoff, Pompey were looking likely to bow out of a competition at the first hurdle. They have made it through to the next round of the competition. And joining me this evening to talk about that result, to preview tomorrow's trip to Wickham Wanderers a little later in the show. Delighted to say Henry Deacon is here in the studio with us. Henry great to have you with us mate yeah great to, to be here as well jake uh,
6: i think there's only one thing i have to say why have you put henna's in the corner
3: <laughs> because we, we've got matt drabble here with us this evening and I'm, I, I do apologize he takes a little bit of uh priority he is our guest for, t- for tonight's show you are a
2: regular here in the studio so we've had to put you on the other one but matt drabble great to have you on board thank you for having me Jake I feel like it's that time of year as we approach Christmas where football is really dominating everyone's headspace right now it's starting to be Tuesday Saturday those fixtures are piling up so delighted to be on to talk about football as we approach the hectic Christmas schedule mm. uh, big shout out as well to Mansfield
3: Town beating Newcastle under 21 by six goals to three quite an interesting game at Field Mill there and regarding tomorrow's opponents they lost 5-0 to Burton Albion uh, in the EFL trophy on Tuesday night so they go into tomorrow's game uh, Four games without a victory and off the back of a quite a hefty defeat in the trophy. But uh, well, that, that's not important to us, Henry. What is important is that Pompey, before kickoff needed a victory. We needed to rely on Sutton defeating AFC Wimbledon. And there needed to be a four-goal swing. However, it could not finish 2-0 to both sides. Because then AFC Wimbledon would go through on head-to-head. Now, at 2-0 on Tuesday night, with Sutton leading by a goal to nil, Pompey needed a a third and a third they got in the most dramatic of circumstances and they progress
6: indeed and i think we we mentioned it on on tuesday night the EFL trophy is one of those competitions that if you do really well it gives you that kind of confidence boost that you didn't think that you'd need but you actually get um it's one of those competitions if if you go out early you just put it to a side and it's not season to find a but if you win in these competitions it builds up this bit of momentum which you can't get from elsewhere so you know good victory you know a couple of victories in the Cups in the next stage of the competitions slowly building momentum up tough game tomorrow but you're into the next round I think the draw's taking place right before kickoff tomorrow <laughs> as well which I, I don't know what pro- I think it might be on Soccer Saturday or something like that but um, you know they'll know the draw before kickoff, and obviously they'll focus on that when the time comes but you know it's an opportunity as well for the fringe players it gives them one more game factor that in with the Hampshire Senior Cup as well so you know it's opportunities for for players to tick over get matches get minutes and that's the the main reason that that these teams
3: play in the competition Mm -hmm. Uh, we've got a text in from Roger uh, back in Gosport he says good evening Jake I was well impressed with the two youngsters on Tuesday evening I'd like to uh, play the two scorers tomorrow as well as they were on target in midweek the Blues beat Wickham before so why not again on Saturday going for a 3-1 win to Pompey. Keep the faith, Roger, back in Gosport. Roger, great to hear from you uh, once again, my friend. Uh, Yeah, let's take a look at the the second round draw then, Matt. Henry rightfully alluded to there takes place tomorrow at 2pm right as we go on on air here on Pompey Live uh, for the visit to to Wickham Wanderers. Pompey, they will play either Exeter, Swindon, Leighton Orient or Cambridge away in the next stage of the competition due to finishing second in the group so both the northern and the southern section have both been split in half so there are essentially now four regions um, to to choose from so Pompey will go to either one of those four teams and Matt, written in the stars Leighton or in a way
2: Kenny Jacket it, w- it would be interesting wouldn't it it would be certainly very interesting I think the first thing of note with that Uh, that second round draw is the lack of youth teams or academy teams i think that would be something that danny cowley is incredibly happy about because if you do want to give chances to fringe players you want them to test themselves against players that are playing in a similar league or at a similar level um but it would be funny to go play kenny jacket in the in the trophy that arguably he had his greatest success in as a Portsmouth manager. That was his most successful avenue, two finals, one of which he won. So I think it's uh, it w- it is certainly a, a game that Portsmouth fans will have their eyes on. Yeah. OK, we'll come back to you guys uh, again in just a few moments' time. We'll come
3: back to be text, tweets and emails as well in just a few minutes. But first, we're going to hear the post-match reaction of uh, goal scorer and uh, essentially match winner on Tuesday night, George Hurst. He spoke to Ollie Marsh on the Touchline at Fratton Park.
5: Well, George, congratulations. How does it feel to be the match winner tonight?
4: Um, you know, I don't like to put myself down as the match winner. Like I said, I think all the boys, to a man, were excellent tonight. And just so happened that I was able to nick the goal in the, in the last minute that ultimately saw us through to the next round. So, yeah, delighted, you know, weight off my shoulders and the, the day to get that first goal. And like I said, all the boys deserved it, to a man. Even the, the young boys coming in, making their debuts, I thought, I thought they were all excellent. And I think all that may, you come to a place like Fratton Park and that's the level that we set, you know, that's the standard we need to keep now and, you know, if the fans enjoyed it hopefully and and hopefully we can give them plenty more moments like that.
5: You had a few nearly moments during yeah. the game. Did you feel at some points that it just wasn't going to fall your way tonight?
4: No, I thought you can't ever think that. It's, my dad would kill me if, if I admitted to that. You know, it's life of a striker. On another day, the first one goes in. Today just so happens to be the last one. Ultimately, I come off the pitching. To me, it doesn't really matter, you know. Got the goal, and, and hopefully that's the start of something now for me. So hopefully, I can kick on now and hopefully get a few more. How aware were you
5: of what was going on in the AFC Wimbledon Sutton game, which of course had an impact on whether you went through tonight?
4: Yeah. We were aware, you know, we had probably 15, 20 minutes left and 2-0 up and, you know, the gaffer was communicating to us on the side that if we could nick another goal, then hopefully that should have been enough to send us through. And, you know, I had a couple of chances after that and I thought, you know, maybe it's going to be me that, that doesn't get us through. And um, But like I say, come the last minute, get the goal. And we were aware, we kept pushing. And then at 3-0, it was just about seeing the game out with a couple of minutes left, which I think we did very well. How
5: would you sum up that feeling? Was it relief? I know you said it felt like a weight off your shoulders. Had it been playing on your mind a little bit?
4: Not playing on my mind, but I think the longer it goes on, you start trying too hard. And, and, and I think that's what I've, I've been guilty of in the past few weeks, You know, trying too hard to impress people and, and too hard to find that goal. And for me, I know I can do it. And it was about proving myself right rather than proving people wrong tonight and I came off that pitch happy with how I played. Hopefully everyone else in the stadium was as well, and, and to get the goal just topped it off nicely, really, for me. So, yeah, you could say there was a little feeling of relief to finally get that first goal, but life of a strike here, yeah. sometimes it comes and sometimes it doesn't, but if you keep knocking at the door and you keep buying a ticket, one day you'll win the raffle. And do you feel it puts you in a good position for staking a claim to start on Saturday? I mean, you know, the gaffer will pick the team on Saturday that he thinks is best for the game against Wiccan. But, you know, I don't think my performance tonight done me any harm in that regard. And, and to get the goal can only put me in good stead. And, you know, I've got to go in, rest up tomorrow, go in Thursday, Friday, train hard again. And, and, you know, I can't rest on my laurels and expect that to get me in the team because, like I say, we have a good competitive squad. And if I do get my chance, I hopefully I can go out and put another performance like that on and get another goal. So, you know, we'll wait to find out the team at the weekend. And if I'm in the team, then hopefully the Pompey fans can expect something that like with saw tonight. George Hurst fair
3: speaking to Wally Marsh on the touchline after the full time whistle on Tuesday night Henry. We were both there covering the game here on Pompey Live and and hearing that interview with George Hurst after the start of a season he's had after the criticism he's had admittedly, you know, here on the show we, we've doubted him, social media, he you know, he's come under that quite a lot. But he finally got that kind of performance, not just the goal, but finally got that performance that he's been waiting for for such a long time. And full credit to him because that was, that was, that was quite the showing in midweek. Quite an influential player, actually.
6: Yeah, and I think, as you mentioned rightly, so he got the goal he deserved, and it was on the back of the performance that he put in. You know, these competitions are designated for these players that haven't had first-team minutes or so on the fringes of that starting eleven to go and stake their claim. And He hasn't done himself any detriment in that fact. He's given himself the best opportunity to start. Whether he starts tomorrow, Possibly, maybe not. Uh, maybe a little bit too soon. But obviously, you know, there's a lot of fixtures coming up in a short space of time. The squad's going to be needed. So if these players are in form, they can give themselves selection dilemmas for for Danny Cowley. Then they, they, they're going to get their chance at some point along the line. So you know, he's done himself no detriment. Played very well on Tuesday um, against the Crystal Palace under-21 side. Who I thought Pompey dominated from start to finish. So I think that was the kind of game that helped as well. You know, there was a lot of possession. You know, a lot of opportunities were made um but yeah he, he played very well tuesday and he's, he's given himself or well, allowed the manager
3: to to have a little look at him in, in, in terms of selection certainly uh, a selection headache for tomorrow uh for wickham matt
2: yeah i think so i think the thing that impressed me most about george hurst on tuesday wasn't necessarily the goal as you alluded to i think it was his ability to step off that back line of crystal palace operate in that space between the midfield and the back line link play, bring in players like Aziz who was driving forward from midfield link with Ghassan, Hadmay in a front two and I think that overall game to George Hurst's performance was, was probably for me the more impressive aspect, like I said his touch looked good he looked sharp, he was picking up the ball in in sensible areas and I think that was something that Portsmouth could consider against Wickham tomorrow as a side that, you know, like to use the flanks a lot like to get crosses in maybe try and operate through the middle of the park with George Hurst sort of stepping off that back line and filling that void of space
3: Matt thank you Henry thank you thank you to all who got in touch on the social media channels from back home too we've got plenty to read out between now and seven o'clock but we're going to head to a very quick break here on the footblower and when we return we'll be hearing the post-match thoughts of uh, head coach Danny Cowley who enjoyed Tuesday's victory more than any so far this season and just wants
0: to see his side win all the time. Winning is a habit and we're trying to create a winning culture. So the next game is always the most important game and uh, that's always the focus. I could play my eight-year-old at Tiddlywinks and I'd want to win. That is how we have to be and yeah, I'm really pleased. It was actually one of my favourite nights at Fratton Park and it's not about the competition, it's just about us performing to our best.
3: I don't know about you but I really want to see Danny Cowley having a game of Tiddlywinks. Join myself, Henry and Matt in just a few moments time for the continuation of tonight's show. Stick around for the Football Hour.
1: This is the Football Hour, 93.7. Express FM.
3: Welcome back to be Football Hour here on Express FM brought to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Download the app now from either the Apple app or Google Play Store and you can plan your next journey. Get to and from the north and southern points of a city without a fuss. Seven days a week. Okay, an email here from Dave Byrne who says, uh, Hi Jake, hi all. At least we have a positive result and performance. To talk about a youthful, a youthful side Sorry, against a Premier League under 21 Team And eight changes from our first team that started the last game against the non-league side. Surely bringing eight supposedly superior players back into the team this Saturday for a game against a smaller club operating at the same level should be odds on to produce a similar positive result, albeit away from home. He then goes on to say, trust me, I know it does not always work out like that. However, do we still not really know our best team? Certainly based on this week, it would appear not. The senior players do, of course, have the benefit of games and experience over the youngsters, but it is not time to now pick players in form regardless of experience over one or two that either aren't or are unavailable. To put it bluntly, there seems to be little or no difference in ability between some of those that are playing regularly and those that aren't. Ideally, these fringe lads need a run of six to eight games to uh, properly intrigate. But is Danny brave enough to take that risk? I'm not sure I would be, says Dave in the list. Some very interesting points made within that email, Matt. And, and we'll highlight the, the fact that you know, Danny Carley does have a, a, a small headache going into tomorrow. Notably due to the fact that, well, A, Gavin Bazoon is wearing international duty. He kept a clean sheet against Portugal last night. So congratulations to him. And Joe Morrell also on international duty with Wales. We couldn't get this game called off because we only had two call-ups, not three. Miguel Aziz missing out on the England under-20s and Roland Curtis missing out on the Republic of Ireland squad. Now, it's great to have Roland Curtis, of course. It's great to have Miguel Aziz based on Tuesday night's performance. Alex Bass more than capable of filling in for Gavin Bazunu for a match or two the biggest issue I think is not having Joe Morrell
2: yeah I would I would tend to agree that Morrell's really been at the ticking heart of that Portsmouth midfield um, since he's had a consistent run of games but like you said there's nothing to suggest that Aziz cannot fill in that midfield role along with someone else and and he can you know he can play that part and that's something he did with great effect on Tuesday and something from what we understand that he's done for really his whole career through the Arsenal Academy and certainly with the England under-20 and, and under-21 teams as well. So maybe it is the absence of a of a senior player next to him who's going to try and dominate the same spaces as him that will allow him to thrive, you know? He didn't play with a Morel or with a ton of cliff in the week. He played with Thompson, who's more of a holding midfielder that's going to sit and sort of hold that position to allow Aziz to express himself a little bit. So maybe Aziz, who I guess can play... It really is that true six or or is an eight or or maybe even a ten can look to get more advanced uh, against Wickham and maybe even link with George Hurst again who who might come into the lineup himself. Mm. And it's not just George Hurst which uh, fans are calling out for to be featured in tomorrow's
3: game, Henry. But you've got the likes of Miguel Aziz who did mm-hmm. put in a, a very good shift on Tuesday night. And of course, Gassan Ahadmi who, who, who on the score sheet with his first goal for the club. All three of those players scoring their, their, their debut goals for Portsmouth Football Club. So that gives Danny Cowley options now heading into this weekend. Whereas... I think in previous months where we've had these trophy matches FA Cup Mm -hmm. Carabao Cup games you've seen these fringe players come in they've not quite impressed to the standard that you'd expect them to see them involved in the next league fixture that's all changed a little bit this week exactly and that is the joy of having a good result in midweek in one of
6: these competitions I think uh, Aziz I think you've always said it's probably been the the next almost like the next cab off the rank in the fact that he's probably the next one to probably come in at some point, probably the next player to come into the starting eleven at some stage. Um, Again, Ahabme's played very well over the last couple of games or so. He's been involved in uh, giving him... There's options there now. And I think after the Sutton United game, we were there saying, well... These sorts of games are where you want to give headaches. There wasn't any headaches for him for, for Danny Kelly to have. Now there are headaches to have. And obviously a big game going coming up against Wickham, who I keep saying are probably the best team I've seen in this league. You know, you want to play players that are in form. Sometimes style and substance, you, you get it. But sometimes if players are bang at it, sometimes you've just got to take that little risk.
3: And sometimes that risk can play off. Yeah, what are your thoughts heading into the weekend, that Matt? Because there are a a bit of a split of opinion on social media as to whether George Hurst deserves to be named in the starting 11 for tomorrow's trip to Wickham, based solely on Tuesday night's performance and really based on the fact that John Marquess has struggled to find the back of the net in recent matches there are also some of the opinion that John Marquess has got more experience and perhaps a bigger name and should be starting tomorrow what side of the fence do you sit
2: on? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting debate between those two strikers and I I would personally give George Hurst a run out, but not because I think he's going to come in and and score a hat-trick and be that goal scorer. I think more, from what I said earlier, that he's going to link the play a little bit better. I think, obviously, John Marquis issues in front of goal have been what the fans have drawn attention to this year. But he isn't actually sort of missing the target at that higher rate he's third in pompey and his shot on target percentage he's had 24 shots 13 of them have been on target it's not that bad it doesn't stack up that badly against the rest of the league george hurst has had seven shots two on targets so that's, that's a far worse return so i think it's more the element that george hurst when the ball goes up to him he can make it stick like he did at the weekend i think john marcus's biggest flaw this year for me aside from the it was what some would call glaring chances he's missed uh, the fact that when that ball goes long to him or goes into his feet sometimes he struggles in, struggles to bring into play those around him it, it can bounce off him it can cannon back into midfield whereas George Hurst showed an ability at least against another 23 side or under 21 side sorry in the week to, you know, to make things happen and, and bring other players into it and I think Maybe even you could consider pairing them as a front two and seeing how that would work. And maybe John Marcus not having the pressure on him to hold the ball up and be a target man, which he's never been, would allow him to play a bit better.
3: And interestingly, Henry, we talk about the importance of having such a strong performance in midweek and these players Mm -hmm. coming out of their shell and and showing Danny Cowley what they are made of for the first time really this season. Heading into this weekend, Danny Cowley only has 14... fit or available senior players at his disposal now of course 11 of those will be on the pitch and we need another few subs as well so we can expect to see some youngsters traveling up to to wickham this weekend Mm -hmm. we already know that uh, toby stewart will be the backup goalkeeper the youngster uh, who plays for the academy but based on what you you saw at fratton park on tuesday night uh, adam pace probably one of the notable youngsters in that side were there any others but you'd like to see feature this weekend who deserve fair chance in league football for the Blues? Um, potentially it White. I thought he played very well on Tuesday. But
6: I think the reality as well is going to be as good as it is to get involved in these EFL Trophy games as a young player, you know, it's a great experience. Those that will be on that bus tonight and tomorrow and, and that whole experience, this is a completely different beast altogether. And um, don't get me wrong, it's a great experience to be playing You know, these, these teams in the EFL Trophy, the under-21s teams, these League 1, League 2 sides, but playing a league fixture against an elite side right at the top End of the league you know a game where three points are on the offing the pressure is on the pressure is huge this is a completely different beast and for them this is their first you know it was a taste of men's football for this game against crystal palace now it's a completely different beast you're in the cauldron now you know this is this is where things are won things are lost this is where everything's on the line and you know that first
3: taste that first experience it's going to tell a lot about whoever's on that bus mm-hmm. their character Eighty one four hundred is the number to text this evening. If you want to get involved, start your messages with the word express. You can email Pompey at ExpressFM.com, include at ExpressFM on Twitter, or you can visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Uh, Carl on Twitter has got in touch, he says genuinely, whose team is better? the end of era Kenny jacket or the current Danny Cowley side without the injuries he then goes on to say PS I know this is the Cowley plan and I trust the process
2: up uh, the blues Matt an interesting question to say the least end of era Kenny jacket um wow that is that is an interesting question I, I, I think I think, I think if you, if you put the side against the 2018-19 Kenny jacket team I the, think I think
3: that's got to win yes the end of era jacket
2: end of end of era jacket i would say it would be a close game and probably not that entertaining of one um i have to say uh, 2018-19 kenny jacket side so you're thinking low on one wing curtis on the other uh yeah i think that team uh w- would beat this one i have to say and i think Um, But you have to understand that team was built over a a period of time. uh, Probably longer than Cowley... Well, definitely longer than Cowley's had to build this side. And and some of those players... You know, Ronan Curtis at the time was discovered from League of Ireland. Jamal Lowe was from the seventh tier of English football. Hampton and Richmond Borough. So, it's not like... That's a, a signal that Pompey spent millions on that team and threw loads of money to build some sort of League One super team. Those players were gems that were good finds, a, 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 incredible you know, success in recruiting. It wasn't necessarily that that team was, was a better strategic sort of financial uh, exploit for Portsmouth.
3: Okay, Matt Henry, thank you both very much. We're also going to take a few moments away now to hear from Blues head coach Danny Cowley. He also caught up with Ollie Marsh on Tuesday night and was first asked for his assessment of the game.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a great game. I was so pleased for the young players. I thought they acquitted themselves brilliantly. Really delighted with the the senior players as well. I thought supported the young players ever so well. And it was just a really positive night for the football club.
5: Yeah, and for the young players, what made tonight the the right night to give them their debuts? There were two out there in the starting eleven.
0: Yeah, I just think that they've earned that right. I think this was probably the right game to play them in. It would have been very difficult for us to play them against Sutton because Sutton are such a direct, physical team. I don't think the younger players... We're quite ready for that, and it's always our job to try to set them up for success. But I thought Harvey did great, really, really good. I thought he defended well. I thought um, he got on the overlap, some really good crosses in the box. Adam Pace played with such an intelligence. Remember, he's just a first-year scholar. So, you know, maybe three months ago, he's still at school. So, no, but he played with a real intelligence, picked up loads of second balls and just did the basics brilliantly well. And Harry Dewitt's White, I thought, come on and played like a 25-year-old, just played with a real experience. I thought he used the ball. Well, positionally, both in possession and, and against possession, he, he did great. And, um, you know, you have to remember, young Miguel, he's not much older either. So for them to play in the middle of midfield together was good to see. And it was um, a really, really positive performance.
5: Yeah, for those three goal scorers, including Miguel, how much did they need
0: those goals tonight? I think so. You know, Miggs is not short of confidence anyway, but he was, it was great for him to score. And Gas has worked so hard behind the scenes and uh, trademark Gasan header a brilliant ball from Kieran Freeman who I thought used the ball ever so well all evening and George, I just thought George was excellent led the line brilliantly from the first minute and so deserved that goal I had some really good moments and you're thinking come on surely the ball's got to drop for him sooner or later and you know football's an honest game like we always say and um, the football gods were smiling on him tonight and it was um, yeah, well deserving for him to find the third and all important goal
5: Of course, it must mean that you feel that a lot of your senior players out there really stated their case to be in the starting eleven for Saturday.
0: Absolutely, this is what we want. You want competition for places and probably after the Sutton game, the level of performance wasn't quite there and we knew that that would hurt the first team because the competition for places drives the standards. And and tonight, we saw the players really step up. And yeah, that can only be positive for the whole squad. And we're pleased to win and we're pleased to go through. We knew what we had to do. I didn't tell the younger ones because I knew that they would be anxious and I didn't want them to have to focus on too much. So it was just for them to focus on their performance. But the senior boys knew what we needed to do and knew we needed to find three goals minimum. And I think, yeah, eventually we scored six in the group, which means that... We went through on goals scored, yep, that so right. that's, that's how we planned it. But um, but no, it, it, um, it's good when a plan comes together for sure.
5: And for the competition, you always say the next game is your most important one. What what can you get out of this competition going forward now?
0: Oh, it's great now because now we get another game. We get into the knockout stages and we have a chance to progress. And you know, winning is a habit, and we're trying to create a winning culture. So the next game is always the most important game, and uh, that's always the focus. For us, you know, I could play my eight-year-old at Tiddlywinks, and I'd want to win, and, that's, and that, that is how we have to be. And we were disappointed on Saturday because we didn't think we played with the energy and enthusiasm from maybe 60 minutes onwards, and that really, really frustrated me. And today we saw that, and we saw the passion. And these are prerequisites if you want to perform at your best. And um, yeah, I'm really pleased. It was actually one of one of my favourite nights at Fratton Park. And you know, it's not about the competition; it's, it's just about us performing to our best and playing with real positivity. And, and we did that tonight and I'm, I'm really pleased for the players.
3: Danny Cowley there with his uh, post-match reaction uh, from Tuesday night's 3-0 victory over the Crystal Palace under-21s there. And Henry, Danny likes to talk about the energy, the enthusiasm, the commitment that he wants to see from his side. Regardless of a result, he wants to see uh, a team put in 110% effort into every single one of their matches. And within that interview, he mentions the fact that a lot of his senior players stood up to the challenge on Tuesday night and, and helped to bring those youngsters into the game something as referenced earlier we haven't seen too much of in the trophy this season
6: yeah no exactly that and I think these sorts of games it's for the young players as, as we mentioned before and I think we mentioned on Tuesday night it's an absolute free hit it's about progression for them it's about being in that first team environment but you know it matters for these first team players obviously a lot of them are playing for places in their team and you know that you want them to help the younger players out I mean a Sean Raggett for example absolutely brilliant and I, I can imagine off the pitch he's probably very uh, you know in the dressing room and they're probably nervous you know that ting tool before the game you know when that bell goes as well the referee's bell goes and think you know the small things that perhaps we don't think about you know they'll be nervous about so they probably help them um, through that but you know and, and again as, as a senior player these these sorts of games can grind Would be probably the wrong way to describe but they're one of those games where you just want to get in and out you can't mm. you can get the victories in these games but it, 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 they're not the be all and end all you want to be playing the big games week in week out so you can just get through these tick over get to the weekend get to the league That'd be, that would been that would have been the thing that they would have been thinking about but all in all
3: positive night on Tuesday yeah positive we mentioned and Pace earlier in the show uh, Matt but also for Harvey Hughes starting the game on Tuesday night looked relatively comfortable as well despite the fact that was his debut coming up against a very strong Crystal Palace under 21 side and of course you've got Harry Jewett White and uh, Izzy Kabba coming off the bench as well we're going to look ahead to tomorrow's game in a little bit more detail after the break, break but in terms of what we mentioned earlier about the 14 fit and available senior players Out of the group of youngsters we saw in midweek, who do you expect to see travel to Adams Park this weekend?
2: Yeah, I'd agree with Danny County. I think Pace had a good game and, and held up his right flank pretty well and also helped Freeman out defensively. Hughes, like you said, was pretty solid, but he had an experienced player in front of him in Jacobs um, and was playing in a back line with all experienced players. He probably had a, a voice in his ear the whole game, which some of the other players maybe didn't have the luxury of having. But Pace is one I'd, uh, I'd pick out. And uh, and Alfie Bridgman, I think, is a player I would like to see a little bit more of um, um, but, uh, you know, someone that you always hear good things coming out of the academy. So uh, I think, you know, if I had to pick someone, it would have be been Pace. But I, I don't think any of the lads did any of themselves any discredit on the week.
3: And a quick reminder, as we head into this uh, last part of the show and uh, preview tomorrow's trip to Wickham Wanderers, that Pompey will play either Exeter City, Swindon Town, Leighton Orient or Cambridge United in the round of 32 of the EFL Trophy. That draw is being made at around about 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. We'll have the results of that here on Pompey Live. Of course, the tie will be played away from home due to the Blues finishing second in their group. OK, stick with us here on Express FM. I'll be welcoming the lads back very shortly for the final part of tonight's show. We'll be taking a closer look at Pompey's next challenge.
1: Wickham Wanderers, don't go anywhere. This is the Football Hour 93.7... Express FM. Welcome back
3: for the final time this evening to be footblower here on Express FM. Sponsored this season by Stagecoach across the South. Need to get in and around the city without a fuss? Then hop on a Stagecoach bus and visit stagecoachbus.com for more information on fares and timetables, as well as an update on COVID regulations too. Okay, still to come between now and seven o'clock. Myself, Henry, and Matt will be taking a closer look at tomorrow's opponents, Wick and Wanderers, and we'll start to come on to the expected team lineup and what we expect to see from the Blues during the 90 minutes at Adams Park. And don't forget Pompey fans, we want to keep hearing from you back home as well. You have just over 15 minutes to get your final messages into the panel. You can text your name and message starting with the word EXPRESS to 81400. Email pompey at expressfm.com. Include at expressfm if you're on Twitter or you can find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. This is the part of a show where we really want to hear your score predictions. How do you think the Blues will fare against and Wanderers this weekend? Okay, before we do come on to any of that however we're going to take a closer look at tomorrow's opposition and here now with a more in-depth preview of the Chairboys here's Connor Mosley with this week's opposition. After
7: four games on the trot played at home, the Blues finally hit the road again. And this time, it's a return to league action with and Wanderers this week's opponents. Pompey Live,
1: this week's opposition.
7: Tuesday night saw the visit of Crystal Palace's under-21s to Fratton Park for the final round of group stage fixtures in the Papa John's Trophy, with Pompey winning 3-0 to secure progression to the knockout stages. That's now five matches unbeaten for Danny Cowley's side. We go to Adams Park this weekend in search of Three league points. Here's a closer look into the side relegated from the Championship last season the Chairboys of Wickham Wanderers. Manager Wickham are still managed by Mr. Gareth Ainsworth, who's been at the helm for over nine years, having been appointed back in September 2012. The 48-year-old took over from Gary Wardak on an initial caretaker deal, before too long making that a permanent stay. At the time of his appointment, the chair boys were in the League 2 relegation zone. Ainsworth has kept the club in the Football League, got it promoted to League 1 and against all odds and expectations even the championship in 2020. Overall, his managerial statistics show 187 wins, 120 draws and 172 defeats from a whopping 479 games in charge. One to watch. Football league legend Adebayo Akinfenwa is always one that needs to have his eyes kept on him during these meetings. The striker, who's featured over 200 times for Wickham since signing from Wimbledon in 2016, has been playing professionally since 2000 one starting his career in Lithuania with the FK Atlantis In England the now 39 year old has represented the likes of Boston United, Leighton Orient Millwall, Gillingham and Northampton Town as well as the aforementioned Wimbledon too. This season the forward has scored just twice and has not been involved in the last two games with it looking likely he'll hang up his boots at the end of this campaign reporting aches and pains over the last year or two. Top scorer Jamaican winger Gareth McCleary is currently the side's leading scorer this season having netted five league goals since the start of the campaign. McCleary, formerly of Nottingham Forest and Reading is now 34 years of age and has been at Adams Park since last November being unveiled by manager Gareth Ainsworth during a live webcast. Between 2013 and 2016, he'd racked up 24 appearances for the Jamaican national team, scoring on three occasions. Despite being the club's highest scorer at this stage, McCleary has struggled to find the back of the net since a 2-0 win at home against Gillingham on October the 9th. Though, give him his due, he hasn't featured in any of the side's previous four games in all competitions, having picked up a shoulder injury against Crew on October the 23rd. Current form. The Chairboys are fourth in League 1 and just two points off the automatic places, though have failed to secure a win in any of their previous four matches in all competitions. After beating Crewe by two goals to one on October the 23rd, Wickham played out a 3-0 draw at Fleetwood and a 4-1 defeat at home to Ipswich in the league before taking Hartlepool United to a replay in the FA Cup and being on the wrong end of a 5-0 loss at home to Burton Albion in the Papa John's Trophy on Tuesday night. The last time Pompey played this side, they won 2-0 at Fratton Park. Ben Close and Ronan Curtis on the score sheet on Boxing Day in 2019. Can the Blues make it 6 unbeaten and make up some ground on the League One promotion Chasing Pack? Or will Wickham bounce back and take
3: all three points for themselves at Adams Park? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. Big thank you to Connor Mosley there for providing us a little bit of a closer look into Wickham Wanderers, Pompey's next opponents uh, in League One. Matt, Wickham Wanderers still, still managed by Gareth Ainsworth.
2: Yeah, he's been there forever, and as a result, the club have a you know a clear identity, um, you know a clear style, a clear way of playing. They've taken the second-most shots in League One this year. They've taken the second-most crosses into the penalty area of any side in League One this year. They're not necessarily going to fancy about and try and pass it into the back of the net. They're going to shoot when the chance opens up, and they're going to lump the ball in the box when they get it out wide. Joe Jacobson, the defender, who I'm sure we're all familiar with, has put in 120 crosses on his own so far this season that's almost as many as some clubs in league one so he's always going to be a danger man when we'll Pompey play wickham expect that delivery to come in from the wing and with those deliveries
3: coming in for the wing there's only one man who would be able to deal with all of that constant pressure with balls coming in flying into the box henry and that is none other than our very own sean raggett who by the way earlier today if you've missed it on social media the official Emirates FA Cup Twitter page has held a, a poll or a series of polls throughout the day to try and build the fans' favourite and the fans' greatest FA Cup five-a-side team. And the result is, is pretty good. It's managed by Sir Alex Ferguson, without a doubt. In goal, you've got Petr Cech, You've got Patrick Vieira alongside Stephen Gerrard with Thierry Henry up top. And at the back for this uh, FA Cup greatest ever
2: five-a-side team... You've got a Sean Raggett. Never in doubt, Jake. I think it's deserved. Never in doubt. Sean <laughs> Raggett's never lost an FA Cup final, so I think that's certainly a statistic that plays in his favour when when these things are considered. Oh, I mean, he never lost an FA Cup game at Wembley
3: either. No, granted. No, that that is true. But heading into tomorrow's game, referencing what Matt 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 was saying just then about Joe Jacobson and the deliveries coming into the box, Wickhamarg kind of the kind of team that do like to pose an aerial threat Mm Sean Braggart's definitely got his work cut out for him Despite the fact that he is, you know, the greatest centre-back in FA Cup history.
6: Exactly. So it should be an easy day for him. I don't know why we're worrying or concerned. We should all be relaxed. Uh, um, in, in all seriousness, no, they are a very um, direct team. I saw a, a couple of glimpses of them in the summer. I did some commentary um, for our equivalents up in Wickham. And, yeah, they're still very direct. They, they want to get the balls in the box as quickly as possible. But it seems like they're, they're putting the ball down on the floor a little bit more and playing a little bit more on the deck but you know exactly what you're going to get from them. They're, they're probably one of those teams that you, you go into your Thursday meeting and you know exactly what they're going to do, what what formation they're going to play, what they're going to do, balls in the box, you have your your big bodies back, get everything away and try and get that goal, especially when you're away from home, when you've got a team that's just bombarding you in the penalty area. Yeah. Just get the balls away, and if you can get one on the counter-attack, win 1-0, scrappy, scruffy,
3: you don't care how, away from home, that, that'll be the game plan. Dave Byrne from List has got back in touch with the show this evening. He says, "Let's be brave tomorrow. Go with Bass, Romeo, Raggett, Ogilvie and Brown, with Hackett, Thompson, Aziz, Curtis, Harness and Hurst up top, with the subs as Toby Stewart, Kieran Freeman, Liam Vincent or Paul Downing, with uh, Williams, Jacobs, Hadmi and Mark making up the subs bench. And yeah, you've, you've got to remember Liam Vincent as well, Matt." Someone we haven't actually seen at all this season So we can't really comment on what we expect to see from him as a player But we know that he was lined up to play on Tuesday night That didn't happen for one reason or another I'm sure we'll find out from Danny Cowley Depending on whether he's named with him a starting eleven tomorrow or not But Liam Vincent, he's there, he's fit, he's
2: been training He's an option yeah, Liam Vincent, I believe, struggling with a shin injury, uh, it was reported. He, he returned full training this Monday, so I think Tuesday just came a, a, a game too, too soon yeah. for Liam. But, yeah, certainly a player we could be, you know, see at the weekend. Obviously, it would be tough for him to come back against a experienced team like Wickham Wanderers with no games under his belt this season. But you don't buy someone not to use them. And he, he can, not cause the problem he's a young lad. But, uh, you know, he was brought by Danny, Danny County for a reason, slot in that back line. And, uh, and you know, add some add some solidity to it. He's a big lad. He's a strong player. So maybe. You know, he he could offer some support to that back line maybe alongside Ragger, and allow Clark Robert, or Clark Robinson might still be out with the hip injury. Sorry, yeah. so <laughs> just my solution there to put you know Vincent in the back line and move Robertson to midfield isn't going to happen. <laughs> so um, yeah, no, it, it continues to be a problem for Portsmouth, but we yeah, have potentially Vincent's an option for the weekend. Clark Robinson uh, still expected to be out until around about
3: Christmas time, so maybe mm-hmm. January until we see a, a fully fit Clark Robertson back at the back in that back line for Pompey, which is unfortunate. Joe on the text is going for a 2-0 win tomorrow. Lee on Facebook is going for a 3-1 victory. We'll come on to the score predictions of both Henry and Matt in just a few moments' time. Roger in Gosport. Good evening again to you, Roger. He says, I'm inclined to agree with Henry's comments. Hopefully a win tomorrow will give everyone a buzz. Keep the faith, Roger in Gosport. Stephen Jerome on the email says, hi lads, I think Wickham is always a tough place to go and get results but that win on Tuesday night would have given the team a bit of confidence going into the game tomorrow I think there'll be some goals in this one going to go for a 3-2 Pompey win Steve in Southsea. worth mentioning as well Henry that Pompey go into this game 5 unbeaten uh, progressing through to the next stage of both the FA Cup the EFL Trophy Wickham they find themselves on a little bit of a poorer run of form 5-0 defeat for them on Tuesday night in the trophy to Burton Albion they've not won in 4 matches with a few players also missing out due to injury this is the perfect time for pompey to to capitalize on what will be quite a weak side and quite a quite a downside as well
6: yes it's a very the, the psychology of this is interesting because wickham had every right to say we're not going to play this game international break we've had our call-ups we're not going to play psychologically they they they're in a zone where they think, no matter who they play, when they play, they fancy themselves to do a job. You know, as you say, they're in a bad bit of form to so From that perspective, you'd say, this is probably the best time to play them, without any shadow of a doubt. Results are slowly picking up with Pompey, and as for as for Wickham, they're kind of going a bit south the other way but they've kind of laid down the gauntlet a little bit because they had every right to not play this game tomorrow they had this subsequent amount of international call-ups and all the rest of it and uh, you know not their strongest 11 they're going to be putting out tomorrow but they know that we're not doing the same either so they kind of laid down the gauntlet and said well come on then Pompey let's let's, let's get it on let's not mess about let's play let's see you know who gets it fair and square mm.
3: How do you think Pompey will fare this weekend, Matt? Then we've already referenced the fact, but Gareth Ainsworth still at the club. Wickham still kind of holding true to the ways we know Wickham like to play with the confidence Pompey have got going into this match with the, the wins under the belt and recent matches. Do you think that'll all change this weekend?
2: Yeah, there's a real chance at points here. Wickham, don't get me wrong, a fourth for a reason, but Portsmouth at times this year get cut open on the break, get cut open through the middle. I actually think You know, as a player, just to sit on the edge of the 18-yard box and head and clear everything away, there isn't many better in League One than Sean Raggett. So Wickham's style of play really could suit Pompey. You tend to have a decent record against Gareth Ainsworth, Wickham on his side, if my memory serves me correctly. I think there's a chance of points here. I think there's a chance to, you know, build on some players that have been out of the picture, maybe having a bit of a bump from the midweek, maybe feeling a little bit happier about their place in the squad with something to prove, with something to, uh, you know, to play for now that they think they have a genuine path to the first team with the long list of injuries. So I can seriously see Pompey getting at least a point tomorrow. Yeah.
3: Quick look at the other fixtures happening in League One this weekend. Bolton Wanderers, they host Crew uh, this evening at 8 o'clock. Wimbledon against Cheltenham postponed tomorrow due to international call-ups. Accrington Stanley, they play host to Plymouth Argyle. Burton Albion are home to Charlton Doncaster versus Fleetwood is off Ipswich they play host to Oxford United MK Dons are at home to Cambridge United Morecambe against Wigan also called off due to internationals as is Shrewsbury against Rotherham and Sunderland at home to Lincoln City. Sheffield Wednesday very in action at home to Gilligan and then of course you've got that game up at Adams Park Wickham versus Pompey. Henry Deacon if you wouldn't mind please a very quick score prediction Let's go 2-2 two, two. we're going Desmond Desmond 2-2 two, two. says Henry Matt
2: I was about to say that but I'll
3: go 1-0 one 1-0 all. One all. wow not too confident are we I'm going to go for, well, I'll say that I'm going to go for a thrilling 3-3 three, three draw I think we're all going for draws Henry's going for a 2-2 two, two. Matt's going for a 1-0 I'm going to go for 3-3 three, three. Henry Deacon thank you very much for joining us on the show tonight indeed i look forward to our little road trip tomorrow we do have a road trip tomorrow you are joining me on pompey live for pompey's
2: trip to wickham wanderers i will see you bright and early in the morning matt great to have you on the show my friends appreciate that and pompey fans make sure you listen in to express Frem's coverage and then head over to the draper tool stadium and go watch a local non-league club and have it on Louisville. and who are they playing they're playing maidstone tomorrow maidstone. So big game, big, game. big club in that league will you be there Uh, I will not be, Henry. Thank you for (laughs) dropping me in
3: it here. (laughs) Uh, Henry, Deacon, Matt Drabble, thank you both ever so much for joining me on the show this evening. Okay, you've just heard. Myself and Henry uh, will be live reporting from Adams Park for Pompey's next League One Challenge. The Blues take on Wickham Wanderers away from home, having gone the last five matches unbeaten in all competitions. And you can join us for all of the unmissable action right here on Express FM from 2.
1: Everything we do is passionately Pompey. Pompey. To the found away yet again! This isn't Pompey Live.
5: Pompey did the impossible and progressed to the next stage of the EFL Trophy on Tuesday night. Coming up next for the Blues, a return to the league. Join us for all of the unmissable Action this Saturday from 2. It's Wickham versus Pompey, and we'll have all of the action right here on Pompey Live.
1: Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Once again, a big thank you
3: to both Henry Deacon and Matt Drabble for joining me on the Football Hour this evening. Henry will be joining me live from Adams Park tomorrow for Pompey's trip to Wickham Wanderers. Match day number 17 of this League One season for the Blues. Catch all of the unmissable action right here on Pompey Live and Express FM from 2 o'clock. Connor Mosley is up next after the news at 7 with Express floor fillers through until 11 o'clock clock this evening when we've got nothing but just great floor fillers all night long through to the early hours of tomorrow morning you can catch tonight's show uh, again here on express fm at 4 a.m saturday morning if you're up and about you can listen back to tonight's preview of pompey's trip to Wanderers between 4 and 5 tomorrow morning ian McGuinness is back from 8 through to 11 with musical features local events and of course sport travel and weather updates to start your weekend off correctly Lily park is here between 11 and 2 o'clock with your guilty pleasures a tiny quiz about the week's news and of course just great songs all afternoon long and then of course it is the return of Pompey Live, myself and Henry live from Adams Park to see if Pompey can make it 6 unbeaten in all competitions and close the gap to those at the top end of the table, a win would do very nicely, do join us tomorrow afternoon from 2, have a great weekend Pompey fans and stay safe out there play out Pompey and good night.